Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the They Came From Beyond rules by Onyx Path Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to themes for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include various hijinks, mature language, and possible show rewrites. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. And now, on with the show. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am normally your keeper or handler, Mike, um, but I'm going to be passing this production off to our director, Miranda. So take it away, Miranda. Hey, it's me, Miranda, and I will be your director as we continue our series of They Came From Games from Onyx Path Publishing. Today, we will be venturing forth into the They Came From Beyond the Grave, a game which emulates the dramatic, hammy, and horrifying 1970s horror films. So I invite you, our dear listeners, to pop some popcorn, dim the lights, sit back, and enjoy The Mask of the Hideous Heart. Starring... Hi, this is Tiffany, and I'm playing a hunter. Guest starring... Hi, this is John. And tonight's production, I will be playing the role of Dupe. Featuring... Hi, this is Mike, and I shall be playing a mystic. With a special appearance by... Hi, this is Mike, and I will be playing the professor. Our film opens on a busy metropolitan street with the shot framing a police station. The vehicles and style of dress indicating the early to mid-1970s. The camera pans up, landing on a window, where we can see a group standing inside a cluttered office. The scene cuts away and we find ourselves in that very same office. A group of individuals awkwardly standing about, while a woman sits across the table from them, chain-smoking and rifling through papers. She appears to use this table as a desk, and all banner of files, folders, and scribbled notes are scattered about. Bookshelves line the walls, cluttered in all manner of things. Without even looking up from her notes, she addresses you. Good evening. I am Agatha Dubin. Though I may not possess the mythical powers of deduction attributed to my ancestor, I am formidable at piecing together dissociated knowledge. Therefore, I've gathered you all together. Your lineages converge at one ghastly event. She looks up at you first, Tiff. Ah, Juliet Maroney, correct? That is correct. And what does the audience see when the camera cuts over to Juliet? Uh, probably she's going to be f- fairly short, probably about 5'2", with long, straight chestnut hair, wearing a nice uh, leather jacket with the... Uh, the tassels, you know, from the arms and the bottom, and probably just some uh, flared jeans. So I recognize you look shockingly similar to your ancestor, Constance Briarwood. And you, Billy Carter, I presume? Yes, ma'am, that's me. I'm Billy Carter, a locksmith and a general entrepreneur. The camera show pans up Billy's body and it shows one, very high-heeled boots, two, very wide flares and then the loudest shirt with the widest collar in the room 
Ah, yes, descendant of William Smythe Esquire. And you, Nick Sinclair, descendant of Lionel Abercrombie III? Shame they didn't stick with the family name. Yes, well, uh, Nick Sinclair is is my uh, stage name, of course. And Nick is wearing uh, a white um, pirate-type shirt, uh, open to the navel, and nestled in amongst his chest hair is is a uh, a gold chain with an ank on it. He has a mop of uh, long curly hair, uh, Brian May-style curly hair. And on his flared jeans, he wears a large uh, belt uh, buckle. And, of course, Cuban heels on his shoes. Ah, yes, a stage name. I deduced that, obviously. Of course you did. You're very perceptive. And you, sir, must be Peter Thorngood? The uh, camera pans out and then slowly crawls its way towards the uh, upper half of a mostly dark-skinned gentleman. Perhaps he's Turkish or... Greek. He has a broad, thick, black mustache, and he's wearing uh, a white shirt with a beautiful black crushed velvet suit jacket, and he nods very slowly and intently towards the camera and says, yes, that's me. Ah, yes. Uh, Descendant of Archibald Samuel Cox. Indeed. Well... And she stands up briefly and passes you each a folder and says, please take a moment to familiarize yourself with these details. She goes back to smoking and reviewing her notes, her head down in her papers. And I will hand you a handout. The handout is an ex- excerpt from a confession of someone that is only identified as J. Doe. Would someone like to read the confession for our listeners? Excerpts from the confession of J. Doe. I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had the eye of a vulture, a pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus rid myself of the eye forever. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. It was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. I saw it with perfect distinctness, all a dull blue with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very marrow of my bones. But I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person. There came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. It increased my fury as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier into courage. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. Yes, he was stone, stone, dead. First of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head, the arms, and the legs. There was nothing to wash out, no stain of any kind, no blood spot whatever. I had been too wary for that. The tub had caught it all. (laughs) Ha ha! The officers were satisfied. My manner had convinced them. It was a low, dull, quick sound, 
much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I gasped for breath, and yet the officers heard it not. "'Villains!' I shrieked. "'Dissemble no more! I admit the deed! Tear up the planks! Here! Here! It is the beating of his hideous heart!' Well, now, that is some kind of confession? How peculiar. Agatha does not look up from her notes. Who, I wonder, was this uh, J. Doe? And who the victim of his uh, heinous act? A fantastic question. I just want to know who we're going after. Yes, indeed. I wonder, how does this concern us, precisely? Without even glancing at you, Agatha starts to explain, Well, you see, the ancestors that I mentioned, uh, they knew each other long ago. In fact, they gathered at a police station to investigate this strange murder on a very strange night. So let's start collating. Our story begins with that very 19th century murder case. And we cut to the past. The cigarette smoke of the 1970s transmutes into the fog of the 19th century. And you find yourselves, the same actors, playing their 19th century ancestors, having been summoned to the police station into the office of Prefect, and the notes just say G because the name has been lost through time, much like J. Doe's name. You find yourself all standing uh, in the office of the Prefect. So he explains to you, it, it, the, it all started with this murder. Uh, J. Doe is the one that committed it. Uh, everything, the, the, city's, the city's gone crazy. And... Uh, I hate to call you all in, um, acquaintances, friends of, of, of the prefecture, um, but I don't know what else to do. We need help tonight. You've, you've seen it out there, and as you turn around to look back into the rest of the police station, it's absolute chaos. There's officers running back and, and forth, some of them just standing in a fugue state mumbling to themselves booking people. Um, there's some holding cells that are that are pretty full. I, I, I'm deputizing all of you for the night. Deputizing? To what end? Well, we're, we're short-staffed. We're short Weird crime everywhere. And a strange murders happened in this very station. I, I don't know if we can trust anyone. I'll need you to look into it. You've all helped with cases before in the past. A murder, you say? A strange murder. Yes, it must be the full moon. Show me the body. Um, yes, um, of course. Um, you can head out to the holding cell. I have business to attend to, but Officer Stebbins should be out there. I will uh, tap my cane on the floorboards here and walk towards where he indicated the body would be. Yeah, the camera follows you towards the holding cell. Uh, where the body of J. Doe lies in a bloody heap on the floor. The door to the cell is locked. What kind of wounds does it look like this person has sustained? From outside of the cell, you see a bloody star-shaped smattering on the wall, and part of J. Doe's face seems to be crushed in. <sighs> Good Lord. 
nearby, a, a young officer is standing, kind of muttering to himself and, and staring off into the distance. Perhaps this, uh, this officer can illuminate the matter a little. His injuries appear to be somewhat grievous. The amount of force it would take to smash the skull is quite. Indeed, indeed. This uh, pattern of blood upon the wall, very interesting. Um, so I'm mostly concerned with the, the body. And so I, if the cell, Director, did you say the, the cell's locked? Yes, correct. I'm going to walk over to the officer and shake him. Oh. We need the keys. Oh, of, of course. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I seem to have drifted off there. My memory's been awfully funny lately. Of, of course, I can, I can unlock my cell for you. Your memory's been off lately? Oh yes, it would it would seem that way. Since when? Which just just tonight. I've been it must be everything that's going on, the full moon. I've been hearing the most peculiar sound too. It was low, dull, quick sound, much like sound a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. Interesting. Uh, but I can I can unlock the the cell for you of of, of course. Are you here to to take the body to the morgue? No, we're just here to observe so far. Of course, yes. He'll he'll turn and, and fumble through his keys and unlock for you. Officer, we are here to lend our not inconsiderable talents to the aid of the constabulary. Well, that's good. The officer that was on duty guarding the cell is not here to answer any of your questions. Where is this officer? Oh, um... I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, Officer Stebbins, um, big man, bushy beard. We will uh, try and locate him. He must be around somewhere. And when was the last time you saw Officer Stebbins, was it? Well, I don't, uh, well, he was on duty guarding the cell. I don't really remember much else. Hmm. Come here, if you would, young man, once you have uh, unlocked the cell. I should like to examine you. He'll fumble with his keys and uh, get the cell unlocked. Are you a doctor, sir? Of sorts, yes. Now, let me look into your eyes. Mm. Tell me, my boy, tell me, have you been having any strange dreams of late? Not, uh, not in particular. Everything seems to have happened so suddenly. Mm. What is your sign, young man? Oh, I'm a Sagittarius, of course. Ah, a fire sign. Indeed, indeed. Yes, yes, the passionate, exuberant. Of course, my boy, I see it. I see it within you. Yes, yes. Well, fear not, we shall get to the bottom of your peculiar memory lapses. Yes, if you wanted to possibly help jostle some of his memories... I would let you roll um, in either empathy and presence or enigmas and presence. Ooh, enigmas and presence, I think, which will give me five dice. So I'm 
looking to get? Oh, good question. Um, so an eight or a nine is one success and a ten is two successes. Well, I have got a one, a six, a two, a three, and a five. Oh, that is unfortunate because if you have no successes and you roll a one, that is a fumble. Whoopsie. And um, the officer that is currently uh, guarding the cell is you uh, are are gazing deep into his eyes, searching for the truth. He, he begins to shake first a slight tremor and then more and more violently. And he says the ticking, the ticking, it's all I can hear. The, the, the thrumming, the thrumming. And he, he begins to, to scream and he he breaks free from you and runs away and and he just starts running his head into a wall i i uh, turn to camera and quip what foul sorcery is this come man <laughs> and i'll go after him and try and prevent him from smashing his head against the wall yeah some other officers have already started to hold him down and and kind of drag him off time to go look at the body yes Listen, you find the body. They have, it's been absolute chaos here. They haven't even had time to remove the body from this cell as it lays in a bloody heap on the floor. It's face down. Archibald will peer down at the body, sort of uh, a bit imperiously, kneel slightly, but not physically touch the body and visually examine its rather grievous wound. From. As it lays on his stomach from the side of its head, um, there's a large cavity where its eye was once, but is no longer. And you said it looked like something was drawn in blood? There's like a splatter of blood on the wall. It's star-shaped, but it doesn't look like anything um, was drawn there in particular, just a splattering of blood. Can we see where, like, some of the blood hit the bars and then the rest hit the wall? Or is it just, you know, was his head, like, through the bar? Do you get what I'm asking? Where it's like, did the bars block any of the blood or was it on the outside? Oh, are you asking which way the blood came from? Uh, Kind of, yeah. If the blood came from inside the cell, some of it would be on the inside of the bars, stopping it from hitting the wall. So there'd be marks for that. Also, it would be on the inside of the bars. Whereas... If it was outside in that kind of splatter star shape, it would be like a direct spurt. You know, I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, you would like to examine the blood spatter patterns. As a locksmith, yes. Yes, is a very yes. This is a very advanced technique for the um, 19th century. I feel, but you are more than welcome to do so, sir. If you would uh, like to roll a, I would call it science intellect. Does it look like the guy's face has been smashed repeatedly against the wall inside the cell? Now, there's no like, um, there's no smearing of the blood spot. It seems to have hit the wall. Yeah, I think that's more. I'm looking for more of a, a medical analysis. So I, I would be looking for, you know, a, medically, how, how does this appear to someone who deals with dead bodies on the regular? Do you want to examine the front of the body? I do. I want to examine his head. Okay. So are you just turning his head or are you flipping him over? I'm probably just turning his head just ever so slightly because 
I want to preserve this sudden stop in media rest that took place here. Why don't you roll me a... I believe this would be either science and medicine, science or medicine and intellect. Oh, we will definitely go with medicine and intellect. That is just one. Oh, that is, that is totally fine. As you turn the head to the side, um, you, you see more clearly the vacancy where the eye once was. You notice strangely that it doesn't seem, you don't see any wounds around the eye socket as if something slashed in or reached in and pulled out. In fact, the, the tissue around the eye socket is bulging outwards as if something pushed forth from inside of his head. Hmm. Also, as a side note with um, Spike's fumble, your rewrites are now up to six. What did John get? John just got no successes, but no fumble either. So that's... Ah, so your rewrites are now up to seven. Constance is going to stalk around the perimeter of the cell looking for any sign of what kind of creature, what kind of thing, could any signs of anything. Like any hair, any scratch marks, any symbols a particular smell yeah i love that idea why don't you roll me a let's say survival intellect i got one you actually as you are creeping around this holding cell you actually find a strange smear of blood as if something was dragged or moved along one of the walls. And if, as you follow it, it goes kind of up the wall and exits out of one of the windows. Um, I guess I will look to the group and uh, tell them, well, it seems that whatever has happened to this poor man, the creature has gotten away. As I, like, show them the path of blood towards the window or... Yes, I agree. Um, a fine theory. My uh, my theory, though, is nearly complete. Uh, I sort of bring my hands around the top of my cane and rock back and forth. It came from inside him. It had to have. And uh, Mr. Cox, if you don't mind me calling you that... No, no. You uh, uh, you notice uh, something else that's peculiar as you're investigating the head. There is a, a lot of blood under this body, more than it would appear would have come from this eye socket. Hmm. Interesting. And continuing peculiar, I roll the rest of the body over. This is you roll the rest of the body over. There is a large gaping hole in the man's chest mm. where it appears something else also burst forth. Just as I suspected. How's that now, Mr. Cox? Well, if what he says is true, that something came out of his eye, then that would explain the blood trail of whatever got away. Indeed. 
Perhaps it ate its way through his stomach. Would you like to examine the body closer, Mr. Cox? Hmm. Yes, I would. How would you do so? I will uh, reach down and with uh, gloved hands very carefully reach the cloth to examine the flesh beneath and um, uh, sort of look over at um, the the rest of the group that's still, those who are still outside the, the cell and say, you see the secret here is inside and sort of gesture with a smirk towards the flesh. Yes, as you uh, reach in, you've, you've uh, handled a number of bodies in your time as an undertaker. There's definitely something missing here. This, this man has no heart. It is gone. It's been said in many, many places that uh, a man's heart is in his stomach, but of, of course, biologically, this is just a fallacy. He has no heart at all. It's missing. So what I want to determine, Director, is did something eat its way in and take his heart? Are there any sort of um, bite marks or chew, chew patterns inside the flesh? Um, since you passed your eye roll, I will carry that over to this roll as well, since it's kind of the same examination. And you notice the same thing. The flesh around the wound in the chest is pushed outwards, not inwards. Hmm. So, um, like if someone were to break a window, the glass would be on the outside of the house, and not the inside of the house. Yeah, The flesh bulges outward. I would like, if I may, to have a um, a look around and see if I can see any sign of the missing eye. Um, uh, no. You only find the same bloody trail that your compatriot has already found. Hmm. They say that the eyes are the windows to the soul. But what, what have these eyes seen? Hmm. Something dark, mysterious. As you're um, wandering around looking for this, though, an officer, um, as you're walk walking, you hear them, overheard them complain. They're kind of complaining to anyone uh, nearby. But you look over, he's holding a cat in his arms, and his face is scratched, his arm is scratched. The cat is old, angry cat with one eye. And he says, this cat is an incarnate nightmare. All black fur, a little white patch around its neck like a noose. What's it in for, officer? Murder? <laughs> no, but he is evidence of a murder. <laughs> and William kind of stopped and is like, how's that now? Here, just take take the cat. Take the damn cat. He just takes this flailing <laughs> just ball of fur and claws. And he's just like, oh, the second Cyclops I've seen tonight. And, and he's holding it at arm's length in both hands, and he's like, now, Mr. Abercrombie. Yes, yes, dear boy. Now, you say that his organs seem to have escaped from inside his body, but how can this be possible? Well, I believe it was Mr. Cox that made that particular observation, but, uh, dear boy. Oh, yes, you were looking for the eye. <laughs> it is a very good question. <laughs> and it seems my theory is backed up by Constance's um, blood trails. Yes? Correct. It seems to have gone out the window. Um, I'm going to walk up to um, John's character. I forget his name. 
William. Up to uh, William and uh, reach out for the cat to see if I can calm the cat and also look to see if it has any blood or anything on it. Yes, uh, to calm the cat, you will need to make an empathy roll. Um, So we will call it uh, empathy and presence. And um, the difficulty is three, so you will need three successes in order for this to be a pass. I only have three dice. You can get up to six successes, though. You have an awful lot of faith in my dice. I got two. Uh, The cat, as you reach out and try to calm it, hisses and starts to scratch at William some more. He gobs. (laughs) He cries. The creature is possessed. (laughs) No, no, no. Not not to worry. I step out of the cell. It's no terror. True terror is a soft, sensuous caress. As you're standing by uh, the room that this, this, this first interrogation room, there's a woman weeping. And there, there. Kitty, it will be fine. I just, I don't understand it. My son, that's his, that's his cat. He, he loved animals. He loved them like St. Francis. They say your cat is... Your son's lovely feline is evidence of a crime, madam. What could that be? <laughs> He's again holding it at arm's length from his body, trying to not get scratched. Yes, they say he murdered his wife and bricked her up with the cat. Hey, Miranda, I think that's something I would have heard about if it happened in our small town. He only recently came in. Oh, I see. Only just now. Oh. Yes. They say he they say he gave a full confession, but I don't see how that can be the truth. Did your son blame the cat? I won't lie. Men killing their wives is not as uncommon as it should be. Please, my son is... Uh, they, they won't let me talk to him. He's, he's in the t- interrogation room right now. Leave this to us, my dear. We shall elicit the truth of the situation. I shall consult the stars. I, uh think that uh, it's about time and Constance quips to seek out the evil that lurks in the the night. So I think we should follow the trail. Well, I tend to agree. Uh, The prefect shows back up on on screen. Have you solved the, the murder yet? Not that it's a horrible thing. I mean, he did confess to murder himself. Fear not, Prefect. A resolution is imminent. We are pitting ourselves to this task with vim and vigor. Well, that's good because um, Officer Stebbins, uh, he appears to have left. Left? Yes, I had assumed that you were questioning him, but I, I, upon further looking myself, he's uh, some officers have said that he's left the building. He was muttering something about going back to the scene of J. Doe's crimes. And where might that be, Prefect? Uh, perhaps uh, we can uh, follow his trail, so, so to speak. And... This is the apartment where he, he murdered that old man. I'll point us in the direction, and uh, we shall proceed forthwith. I see you're holding evidence for us now, too, William. Uh, yes, Prefect. I volunteered to help the officer who was a bit overwhelmed. Uh, would you perhaps care for the creature back? Oh, no, thank you. Um, it's so strange. Uh, ever since that J. Doe came in here that, that says he murdered that man, uh, there's been 
a number of murders happening all over the city, and they've been coming in and confessing. Jado, Jado, isn't that the one where we, where uh, a bunch of your gentlemen went out over to visit the apartment after hearing a scream, and then the gentleman seemed to be fine, and then he just sprung up, claiming disassemble villains, etc. I think the word you're striving for, dear boy, is dissemble. Dissemble, disassemble. I, I wasn't there. I'm just going with what I've heard second or third hand. Ah, you must have your ear on the pulse of the city, good man. Well, as a concerned citizen, Prefect, I can't help but take take interest. Yes, it was that fellow that uh, murdered the old man, was it not? Buried him beneath the floorboards. Ah, yes, and then came in for full confession and was murdered himself, it seems. So it would seem, or would it? The cat continues to struggle in your arms. I'm just like, can I get a, perhaps some kind of wicker basket for this cat? There is more to this case than meets the eye, Prefect. I strongly believe that Satan, I quip, has sent me this test to prove my mettle. And I shall not shuck. I, I, I do not doubt that Evil look, lurks here tonight. Uh, another man just came in admitting to murdering another man with a candle that had emitted a poisonous vapor. A poisonous candle? That seems rather far-fetched. Technology these days, I suppose. It was the strangest thing, too. When he came in, he admitted to hearing a peculiar noise on the night of the murder. Tonight, a low, dull, quick sound. Much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. Enveloped in cotton. Now, where have I heard that before? Ah, yes, your constable. He uh, he claimed to be hearing such a sound just before he lost his wits and had to be restrained by his fellows. How strange indeed. I believe we have a trail to follow. Well, lead on, Huntress. Yes, indeed. So I would like to um, leave the precinct and go around the outside to where I think that window exits. And as I get to the window, I will um, whistle for my falcon so that we can uh, begin the hunt. He screeches and swoops down from the sky and lands on you. How, uh, how big... Given the blood smear, do I think that this creature is? It is the size of about a, f- a human fist. Good. Something that perhaps if it's moving, that uh, my uh, bird can track. So I will have it look around and then send it into the air and see if it sees anything. And is there a trail continuing outside of the window? There is a trail continuing outside of the window, but it seems to slip into the sewer. Of course. It seems we have lost the trail unless you want to go uh, sloshing around underneath the city. These shoes are patent leather. I don't want to be walking around in the sewers in them. These shoes are real leather. I don't want to be walking around in the sewers with them. (laughs) Direct, can I ask something just to clarify? Mm -hmm. From... What I understand, it looks like something has burst out of this man's eye socket and also something has burst out of his chest. Mm -hmm. 
but there's only one trail leading up to the window and out, and that looks like it's been made by something roughly the size of a human fist. Mm-hmm. Probably not whatever burst out of his eye, because that, it would be a bit too big. Correct. How wide apart are the bars in the cell? Um, not wide enough for a human to get through, but wide enough for a human's fist to get through. I'd like to. I'd like to have a have a have a look around outside the cell and see if I can see any sign of a second object traveling around. You cannot. I mean, you don't see that. I mean, you could do it. You, you try. But you really just see the one object. Mr. Cox, are you perhaps saying that the heart is the trail we're following, making it some kind of, well, I don't know, telltale heart? Quite possibly. But I, uh, I tend to believe this leads back to this apartment bewitched as it has been. I have a notion. We believe that perhaps two um, things have uh, burst forth from this man, one of which crawled out the window, the other of which seemingly mysteriously vanished into thin air. However, however, the constable uh, Stebbins, who was questioning this J. Doe, he has uh, left the precinct and headed back to the apartment. I wonder, I wonder if the, the other smaller item, which uh, burst forth from this man's eye, has perhaps ended up in the, in the hands of the, the constable. Or perhaps something a little more sinister. Perhaps, but I agree with the professor that we should head to the apartment, since this trail has gone into the sewers. And uh, the apartment is indeed where we may may find this man, Stebbins. Tiff, as you are outside uh, trying to follow this trail, investigating where it led and down into the sewer, you begin to hear a, a low drumming sound, a ticking One might say it's almost as if a watch is enveloped in cotton. Will you roll me an integrity and composure roll with a difficulty of four? Uh, You do have, you are up to eight rewrites now. So if you wanted to use some of those for additional dice, you can as well. Um, Yeah, so you could grab a bunch of those as your pool. So if it's four four required, be greedy. Then yes, because I only have three dice, so... How like how does using rewrites for is it for dice? Yep, it's one for one. Okay, and I think you have three base dice, correct? Plus your one for your quip, correct? No, I have two. Oh, okay, you have two. Oh, yes, two for integrity and composure. Plus one for your quip is three, and uh, any others. So um, I'll take two, two more dice. I got exactly four. Oh, that is fantastic. You are able to resist the effects of this sound. For a moment, you are almost panicked or possibly stunned, but um, your strength as a hunter, having dealt with these things before, is able to stave off the effect of hearing the sound. Does it sound like it's coming from somewhere, or does it just sound like it's coming in like from my mind? It is hard to tell. You can hear the sound, um, uh, like beating in your head. As I compose myself, I will look to the others and whisper and quip 
the horror is very real and very close. What, uh, what have you found, Miss Briarwood? What have those eagle eyes of yours discerned? It can be heard, the sound. I think I'll, um, I'll go over to where, where you're standing or where you were standing when you heard it and close my eyes, place my hands out in front of me and try and sense whatever, whatever powers might be there, whatever entity might be emanating this uh, strange noise. Yeah, go ahead, roll an integrity and composure roll. Okay, just the three, but I've got two quips. Okay, uh, I got a ten, two sixes, a three, and a one. The one I don't think means anything in this situation because I got a ten. Yes, so you have two passes, um, but the difficulty is four, so... Um, you will get a rewrite for this, uh, so you are back up to seven. But can you roll another die for me and let me know if it is odd or even? Even. You, um, you are stunned. I, I have a trope. Oh. This is deeply unnatural, but I like it. I am not just immune to monstrous influence. I enjoy it. I gain a plus one enhancement to all roles used to resist gaining negative mental conditions, such as stunned or panicked. Ah, well, that is unfortunate because you only had two successes and your enhancement would put you at three successes. Which is still not quite enough. (laughs) Which is still not quite (laughs) enough. But you do like what happens to you. Well, that's that's all that one can ask for, isn't it? Yes. Uh, You are stunned, confused, unable to focus, and you'll be at negative two die for all rolls while stunned. Um, It'll wear off uh, naturally over time. I stagger back and uh, place my my hand to my my head in a kind of swooning gesture. Um, Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed. The evil here is palpable. I can feel it coursing through my veins. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, I'm trembling. Yes, your head is filled with a low, dull, quick sound. Much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. We must, we must get to the heart of this matter as soon as possible. There is great evil here that must be rooted out. That's rather tasteless, isn't it, Abercrombie? The heart of the matter? The man's dead. Oh, oh, don't don't try me, Mr. Cox. And yet, the man is dead, but the heart lives. I sort of menacingly smile. Right, well, let's uh let's be on to this apartment then. I uh, just need a moment to uh <clears throat> recombobulate myself. <laughs> then I shall join you. We cut to the present where Agatha Dupin uh, addresses the group. And so your ancestors, Mr. Abercrombie, Mr. Cox, uh, Mr. Smythe, and Mrs. Briarwood set off uh, to the house of one Mr. J. Doe. You're all keeping up, correct? So far, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you so far. Hmm. Well, I have to say, I don't think much of their... uh investigative techniques so far. Indeed, it seems as though they are wasting a lot of time 
And as you uh, say this, a, uh, a sound from behind you startles you, um, and the, the camera kind of pans over to a uh, iron bird cage containing a raven. A raven that croaks. Time, wasting time. I will approach the bird. Is it somebody has this bird or? It's Agatha's bird. Oh. There's many knickknacks around. What's the bird's name, Agatha? Oh, that that thing. Uh, just something I came up by once. I, uh, I don't care for it much, though. It's constant crowing. I think it's rather beautiful. Uh, a bird of ill omen, though. Perhaps it bodes poorly for what I'm about to tell you next. And that is where we will conclude the first act of Mask of the Hideous Heart. Thank you all for listening, and a special thanks to our Patreon supporters. We very much so appreciate it. Um, So enjoy your intermission, grab a snack, and we'll see you next time.